What's up, guys? This is the TNT Podcast now. This is not no regular regular episode like we usually do. This is a very, very special episode. We just got word just about a couple hours ago. The sad and devastating news that we have lost another legend. Jim Nightheart passed away this morning at the age of 53. Is that, is that what yes. you say? 63? 63 years old. It was sudden. We didn't even know about it. It was just out of the blue. And as a wrestling fan, I am hurt. I am completely, utterly shocked. I'm hurt. I feel horrible for Natalia because Natalia loved her father. She looked up to her father in so many different ways. I feel sad for Brett because Jim was kind of like, you know, his last living brother since technically he lost Owen at, you know, a tragic accident that happened at the pay-per-view that we did not talk about. So to know that Jim's dead and now he's the only living Heart Foundation member, it must really hurt Brett. So I feel entirely sad. My condolences go to the entire family. Just, ugh, just this sucks. Like 2018 sucks. We are losing so many freaking legends. Like, this isn't fair. <laughs> it's not yeah, it's been rough. fair at all. Oh, and by the way, guys, I didn't come alone. I brought back Sean. You guys liked him so much. What's going back. on, man? Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me once again. I appreciate it. Sad circumstances, but I appreciate the invite. And you will definitely see him again when we do our huge SummerSlam review. Trust me, we're gonna have a lot of shit to talk about, probably including Brock Lesnar. And when Brock Lesnar loses, I'll get to rub it all in shots. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll see about that. But yeah, definitely. So let's get into the life of Jim Nightheart. Now, Jim Nightheart is part of the famous. Hart family. He is one of the many people who survived the Hart family dungeon, which we will go into. But <clears throat> now, Sean, you are a big fan of Jim Nightheart. Do you know he actually started to wrestle? Like what age he actually started to wrestle and all that? Well, Jim Nightheart, I'm not sure exactly what age he started to wrestle, but I know that in his younger days, he was a football player. And, yep. um, you know, as he transitioned from football, as a lot of professional wrestlers do, uh, you know, he eventually got into the wrestling industry. I believe it was 1979 that he made his debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started working um, in Calgary in Stampede Wrestling in 78, 79, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's where he came in contact with, obviously, the Hart family. And the Hart Foundation was in its infancy stages at that point. Um right. As you said, he's a graduate of, of Stu Hart's ch- dungeon, and um, he ended up marrying one of Bret Hart's brothers, one of Stu's daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe her name is Ellie, or yeah, Ellie Hart. Um, and obviously, there's a family tie there. Obviously, him being the brother-in-law uh, of Bret the Hitman Hart. But to answer your initial question, it was seventy-eight, seventy-nine. He started with Stampede Wrestling after his football career had concluded. Mm-hmm. Um, he played for the uh, actually played got released, but he played for the Dallas Cowboys. So Jim Nighthart was a legit athlete, right? And um, you know he uh, was off to the races uh, in the late seventies, going into the eighties, where he had about a five year run with mm-hmm. uh, Stampede Wrestling. And let's not also talk about how he actually, <clears throat> sorry, he actually got the team with King Kong Bundy. Now I wasn't around for King Kong Bundy. I was not even born yet. I even mm-hmm. thought about yet. He right. was in Georgia Championship Wrestling. 
He also worked for Mid South Wrestling. I don't even know that still exists anymore. Yeah, Mid Mid South. Uh, I don't know if Mid South still uh, up and running now, but Mid South was a, a a conglomerate, I should say, a a subdivision of uh, NWA. Yeah, he held the Mid South Tag Team Championship for two and a half months with Butch Reed. Mm-hmm. The natural. Mm-hmm. The natural. <laughs> um, he also worked for Continental Wrestling Association. And then from Absolutely. there on, he went to Championship Wrestling from Florida, where he won their versions of the NWA Southern Heavyweight Championship and the NWA United States Tag Team Championship before he left for WWF in 1985. Yes, we're talking about WrestleMania time. Um, he was not on that under uh, WrestleMania, but he signed with the company not too long afterwards. If he was signed with the company at the time of first WrestleMania, what feud do you think he would have been in? Oh, man, Jim Neidhart before so he ended up getting with Bret Hart? I don't even know. Um, I think he would have been cool with uh, with John Studd, even though he was inter- interlocked with Andre at the time. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, somebody of... Of Neidhart's athletic ability, um, him being over 300 pounds, but being able to, you know, do awesome drop kicks as a big man and things like that. I think he would have been booked very well against somebody like Tito Santana or the Junkyard Dog, um, anyone. I think Neidhart had uh, marketability that would have translated in the ring with anyone. Mm-hmm. I agree. That would have been a hell, a hell of... I got that. That would have been amazing to watch. You know, you know. Get, get a little closer to your mic because it's a kind of hard, again, kind of hard to hear you. My bad. It would have been amazing to watch. Well, we watched because you know I wasn't around at that time. I wasn't born, so you know, watch the tapes of that. That would. Have been I wasn't. Amazing. Ironically, I wasn't born either. I was. I was a year out. I was a year out from being born. But um, <laughs> as I'm doing my research as we're talking, I, I I looked it up. He actually debuted. He did debut in time for WrestleMania. He didn't make the show, but he debuted. On uh, January 21st in the Garden, so he um, he was in the company by the time WrestleMania came around, but mm-hmm. he wasn't on the show. But he was a rookie, obviously, so Vince wasn't prepared to put him on the show as of yet. Right? Did he have? Now was Natalia born at this time? Uh, I don't know when Natty was born. I'm not sure. I, d- I don't think she was born. I want to say Natty is like. I want to say Natty was born 83, 84. I think. I yeah, think she's 33, 34-ish, I think. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to check that. Someone have to yeah. check I'm not sure yet, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah, oh. yeah but she, she's in that range. So if she was born, she would have to be like an infant when they made... Like one. <laughs> yeah, probably like one, two when they actually got yeah. to WrestleMania. She was born. She She's she's 36. There you go. Okay, yeah, there she was go. an infant. So, um, so pretty much... Um, so they started the Hart Foundation in 1985 when yes. Stu Hart sold Stampede Wrestling to Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who was, you know, he owned everything at that time, including WWF. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim and Brett, they were included in that deal. Um, he initially, though, Jim was a singles wrestler. He was managed by the one and only, the legend that is Mr. Fuji. Yes, he uh, was. He, yes, he, he was. De- yes, he de- like you said, he debuted on January 21st, 1985 in Madison Square Garden, where he defeated Tony Guerrera. Tony Guerrera. He, he's, Guerrera. A, he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Yeah. 
then eight days later, he eight days later he wrestled Brett, who at that time he had a babyface cowboy gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> And, and it was not good. <laughs> no, it was not. Um, but then uh, Jim pinned Hart on February 8th. And then Mr. Fuji sold Jim's contract to Jimmy Hart. No relation. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett was very upset with his whole cowboy gimmick, as he should be because it was stupid. He suggested to Mr. Kennedy. I can't I say Kennedy's man. Vincent Kennedy McMahon that he should form a tag team with Jim. So initially they were a heel. Like if you ever watched, like I went back and I watched a whole bunch of of their uh, freaking matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the cool the cool part about the cool part about Jim Neidhart and Brett starting out was like you said they started out on a, very slowly. They had created a reputation for themselves in Canada. And um, you talked about it a second ago, so I want to piggyback off of that. His initial feud with Tony Guerrero was, was really good for him. I was actually mistaken in saying he was a Hall of Famer. He was not a Hall of Famer, but he's a very decorated uh, wrestler. He's a five-time WWE, WWF, WWWF, however you want to put it, tag team champion. And what Vince's idea was was to put him in there with somebody who was seasoned to see what he could do because even though, uh, you know, Brett and jim came from canada and from stampede wrestling they were seasoned but they were not seasoned at wwe seasoned let's just put it that way so uh they had an opportunity to start off uh in the world's most famous arena and like you said bret hart's gimmick was very lame uh jim neidhart was kind of just a mid carter so as i'm sure you're about to talk about uh vince made a decision to uh alter the face of tag team wrestling forever not too much uh, longer after that and I think with uh, Jim Neidhart, uh, you can mark him as anything and it'll work because he just bleeds charisma. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You can market him as like, uh, what was Kane's original gimmick? To to- uh, Isaac Yankum, DDS. Yes, you can market him as that and it'd still work. Yeah, Jim was cool. Jim, Jim Neidhart was really, really smart and really, really talented. And his charisma was off the charts. I agree with you. Especially like with like going, we'll probably get into this later. But with a show like Total Divas, that's like a show like for the girls. It is, it is, and, and I think and, he, and he that found a way home. to be a major character on it. Yes, he he brought that flavor, that 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 vibe of being a a dad, but also he brought that I'm a wrestler kind of charisma to the show that I think the fans really appreciate. I I actually enjoyed seeing him on the show on the rare times I would actually watch. It was always funny to see him on the show, actually. Um, I think the last episode I saw him with, he had brought a dog into the new house that Natalia got for her parents. Natalia mm-hmm. was pissed, but I was like, that is a big, huge, cute little pooch. Like, he had a whole golf cart. He would drive around the neighborhood with dog in tow in his little golf cart. I'm like, that is the most cutest thing in the world. How do you not not like that, Natalia? Like, that is adorable. <laughs> Yeah, he, he definitely brought a cool element to the show, and I, you could tell that uh, he and his daughter were very close. They were very, very close. Um, I did know that he had some problems with alcohol, was it, or was it drugs? I know he had issues. I'm not sure, and I don't want to state that without knowing for a fact. I know that there were some issues that were caused by substances. What yeah. substances they were, I am not sure. Yeah, it was something like that where 
on an episode she tried to get him to go to rehab multiple times and then he finally gave in and went which i was glad for but i do actually have a jim nightheart story that i would like to share with you guys if you guys see my twitter so i actually went to wrestlemania this year if you guys did not know if you you guys not see my twitter snapchat or anything on that matter i did go to new orleans this year and it was absolutely positively lit so i went to wrestlecon for the first time ever and wrestlecon is totally different from access access is just a whole bunch of it's the wwe wrestlers and all their overpriced stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. so we go to wrestlecon you only get to pay like you know maybe 15 20 dollars take like a picture and get an autograph with your favorite person so i was done for the day i was going back to my hotel and i'm leaving russell i'm leaving the hotel where it's at which is the hyatt that was on canal street and i'm walking outside my friends are still inside and my phone's like half near dead i can't use it and so i'm outside i'm looking around like where my friends and i look to my left i'm like is that chip nightheart <laughs> and i'm just like is that natty's dad like i said it out loud this time and he perked up he hurt me he was like yep it's me and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I actually ran up to him. He gave me a big, huge bear hug. Like, he just grabbed me and just like, Arr. and I was just like, oh, my God, his hugs are fucking amazing. <laughs> so shout out to shout out to him being so cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not a lot of uh, legends allow you to just come up to him like that. So that's very nice. Yeah, he was absolutely cool with it because he, he was just standing there with his wrestling outfit on. He looked uncomfortable. So I just, you know, it, I was just like a foil ass. I'm like, can I come hug you? He was like, of course, bring it in, bring it in. <laughs> and he just gave me like the biggest bear hug. It was absolutely amazing. And he was just That's so chill. I couldn't, take a, I couldn't take a picture, of course, because, you know, my phone was almost dead. So I didn't get a picture, but I did live in that moment. So... Well, that's nice. You it, got a chance to meet him. He's a legend, definitely. He is a legend. Wasn't Jim Nighthart in the very first episode of Raw? Was On the what episode of Raw? In the very first episode. Was he? No. He wait. was. Oh my goodness! I believe you're right. I think he tagged with uh, Coco Beware. No, yeah, I'm wrong. wrong. Maybe it was. Wait, am, I gotta. I'm, now you got me I'm thinking. Pretty now. sure he was on the very first episode. What? I remember always hearing that about him. I, I am not sure. I know I Carmella's dad was in the very first match on Raw. Was he? I, I want to look that up now. He jobbed to someone. Yeah, no, he was on WWE. W- no, he did. No, he made. God, no. No, you know, I, I know for a fact. I, that's why I said Coco Beware, so forgive me. Coco Beware teamed with Owen on that on that show. Owen? God, Owen. Um, um, but I I'm don't... not sure if, if Jim Neidhart was on there. Yeah, they talk. You talk about his second appearance when he made, he went to the 15th anniversary of Raw in December, and I think the first time he went to Raw was I think 1997. Okay, so yeah, I think I think Owen I think Owen Hart and Coco Beware yes. High Energy was on that show. Yeah, yeah it must be. I must be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because yeah, Jim hadn't been on Raw. Jim's first time on Raw was in 1997. Okay, so there you so, go. Yep. So what do you get? What are you guys' memories of watching Jim Nyhart on Raw? 
Oh man. Uh, well, my my memories go back a little bit deeper than than Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, my my memories are are superstars. My memories are are wrestling challenge. Um, even even him doing commentary while he was injured for a short stint in ninety one ninety two. Um, a lot of people uh, lose this in uh, in their memory, but Jim Neidhart was part of the announce team. He Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on Wrestling Challenge that actually debuted the real world championship belt and the arrival, the impending arrival of Ric Flair in 1991. He uh, and uh, he, Bobby and Gorilla made that initial announcement, which was really cool. Um, I mean, I was a huge Heart Foundation fan, the the original incarnation and the remix. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the 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 limits, the the, the amount of Memories I have with with the Anvil are, are limitless. Yeah, so since I wasn't born until like mid nineties, <laughs> I wasn't right. born until ninety two, so I wasn't really around for his WWF stuff and all that. I can't even like remember. Like I just I remember some of the tapes. I don't have all of them, right. so I don't remember much from that time. I do remember on a episode of oh no, I do remember when he wore that mask what was it called <gasps> who that's what it was um <laughs> he wore a mask he, when he came to uh what was it w was it wcw or was it um wwe i'm not um, sure but i know what mask you're talking about though yes yes that man i can't remember what wwe whatever he came as a masked heel and his name was who and um, it was just, it was, it was ridiculous. That's all I got to say. It was ridiculous. I just remember Vince and Jerry Lawler were um, making jokes the whole entire time during the match. Where they were just corny, corny, corny jokes. I think one of them was, who's on first? Who's, yeah, yeah, who's on first? Yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was a funny one. I do remember... That he was act, he actually was on Impact in one episode. He That's was. right. He was. He was. He was in TNA just for like one episode. One. That's all I remember. Impact Wrestling has had some of the greatest wrestlers in the history of the business be on their show for one night. Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, he came to TNA. Um, he won a match against Jay Lethal in an open challenge. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Which I was just like, seriously? Open challenge and here comes Jim Nightheart? Black what? machismo. Black machismo. I love it. <laughs> but um yeah, Nightheart Nightheart was um was revolutionary. Like I said, he was a big man that could definitely get up off the ground. But his drop kicks were, were absolutely phenomenal. Um obviously Braun Strowman being a new wave, new era big man that can move. Nightheart was one of the originals. He um uh, he was light on his feet. Uh, he can he can work uh, with any cruiserweight. I don't know if they called them cruiserweights back then, but any of the lower weight guys. Um, mm-hmm. His matches with Brett as a partner, going up against the Rockers, who were speed guys, were some of the best mm-hmm. matches in the history of the, of the business, tag team wise. So, yeah, those are my memories. Yeah, definitely. Just being a truly athletic big man that can move. Now. Let's talk about the reunion of the Hart Foundation. Now, at this, I think it was 19, 
97. Yes, you were right. Mm -hmm. I was about to say 98. 1997. It was still WWF. At this time, I think the only two who were actually still alive was him and Brett. Am I wrong? Am I right? Or was no, Owen, uh, Owen died in 99. Okay, so it was no, still... Yeah. 97, 97 and the Hart Foundation were, were in full force. Um, the initial reunion uh, was, was a, a splintered reunion in 94, where uh, Brett was going up against, um, all over the country, going up against Owen for the title. And uh, I think it was King of the Ring, where Jim Neuhar was brought back to be uh, Owen Hart's uh, cohort in, in his quest to gain the title from Bret Hart, which he never did. But in 97, yeah, the the reunion was, was full force. Everybody was, was all together. It was uh, Neidhart, Bret, Bulldog, Owen, and uh, Pillman. Yeah. And then they, and then I think after that, one by one, they left. Uh, Bret and Dick Boy Smith, you know, of course, left WWF because, you know, the incident that WWE likes to call it. They don't mm -hmm. call it by his name, but the incident. Right. Um, they left WWF after that. Um, and then um, Shawn Michaels actually offered Jim Hart a spot in D-Generation X the day that um, D-Generation X beat up Jim Hart. Okay, so yeah, um, I guess three, two, one. Yeah, Jim Neidhart basically joining that squad was just never going to work. And it's funny because it proved that it was a faction that would have worked because Jim Neidhart actually helped Shawn Michaels defeat Vader on that night. So uh, imagine if they would have stayed together. Like, we, we kind of always knew in the back of our minds, hey, they're just setting them up. But imagine Jim Neidhart as the enforcer of DX. That would have been pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that would have been. I don't think it would have really worked that well because, like, DX is very based around America. Type of gimmick, almost like, almost like under underlying America. <laughs> and then, and you bring in this like big Canadian guy, Joy Work. It just doesn't add up. All Nightheart had to do was say, "Hey, listen." And now I'm having a little bit of fun now. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not really Canadian, guys. I'm from Reno, Nevada. <laughs> I was just playing along. You know what I'm saying? I'm really an American. <laughs> That's all he yeah. had to do. That would be a great heel turn. It would have. It would have. Well, not even heel turn. More to staying heel. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then he takes the Canada flag and it stomps on it. And... Yeah. I'm from yeah. Nevada. What did you guys think? I'm, I've never been. I'm, and as a matter of fact, Bulldog's not from Canada. Nobody's from. Pillman wasn't from Canada. Like, we read. We, I'm, I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, so cool. been so great. <laughs> Especially if he still had a Canadian accent when he did it. Oh, man. Oh, you guys got to be thinking how cool that would have been. That would have been freaking amazing. Yeah, amazing. Man. Now, Jim Neidhart, huge legend. But let's not forget he did have some trouble in his life. Let's just say this. Jim was a rolling stone. He kind of had his problems kind of like the Hardy Boys did. Hardy Boys had, you know... There's stints, we know, drugs and all that. Um, Jim also had, you know, problems with that. He had problems with uh, pills, uh, trafficking illegal drugs, burglary, grand theft or property stolen. Uh, he got aggressive with cops and he did two stints of rehab. Paid by the WWE, by the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
but he was getting so much better. He looked good the night, the day that I saw him. He looked good. Like, he maybe lost about 20, 30 pounds. He wasn't as round as he was in Total Divas. But right. he was he was looking good. He looked happy. He had a little, he didn't have any drinks in his hand, but he would have showed, he would show eating them beignets or so. There you go. And that's what the sad part about, you know, the unfortunate passing and, and hearing about how he passed. Obviously, the details are still uh, coming in. But uh, from what we're hearing and reading, it was due to a fall. And it's really unfortunate because it's that that way that he died or that we're hearing that he died is not relevant to any kind of a heart problem or any kind of uh, respiratory problem or any kind of health problem. It was because of an unfortunate accident because he really was trying to lose weight and trying to get himself together and he was really doing well it's it's such a sad situation when something unforeseen like this happens it was a complete... my first guest was a heart attack yeah that's what i thought i'm like heart mm-hmm. attack gotta be gotta be a heart right. attack but it was just a complete freak accident and that's what sucks it was completely sudden we all weren't prepared for this we were all prepared to see another boring goho episode of raw we weren't prepared to hear about losing Jim Nyhart. He was just the nicest guy you can ever, ever think of. Like, don't think just because, you know, you see him on WWF, WCW TV. He's, you know, walking with his brother-in-law telling everyone to shut up. And I was like, no, he was actually really the nicest guy. He loved to give hugs. Like, he was just so nice. Like, when he was in New Orleans, like, when I would see him, you know, like, out the corner of my eye or something like that. He'll be, you know, hugging fans, taking pictures with the fans, eating beignets. <laughs> even though, even though I was mad at him at one point for not keeping his word, we Jim Neidhart always gets off, let off the hook. God bless his soul. He always got let off the hook for never shaving his goatee after SummerSlam 97. He promised, just like... Pillman promised he'd wear a dress if he lost, just like Brett promised he'd never wrestle in the United States again if he lost, just like Owen said that he would, I believe, if I think Stone Cold, Stone Cold lost to Owen, he would kiss Owen on the backside. Jim Neidhart told the world on Monday Night Raw that if he, if all the members of the Hart Foundation were not victorious at SummerSlam 97, he would shave his goatee, and then nobody ever kept him to that. <laughs> uh, they actually just talked about that on one of the last episodes of Something to Wrestle With. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all that was just, like, just kind of filler stuff. Yeah, but for, then they for, shouldn't for have said rap. it. They shouldn't have said it. He should have shaved. It should have been a rap, man. The goatee should have been gone. True. Like, if you're going to yeah. say it, you're just going to have to freaking do it. Kind of like in Lucha Underground when Sammy said, you know, if he lost, you get to shave his freaking head. And what the hell happened? Shave his freaking head. <laughs> Yeah, man, you can't be throwing stuff out there and not saying it. Everybody else kept their word. Everybody else kept their word. I believe the Bulldog stipulation with the match with Shamrock for the European title was that the loser would have to eat dog food. And Shamrock, sure enough, ate that dog food. Well, he was forced to eat the dog food. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, so rest in peace to to Jim Neidhart. We love you, but you should have shaved your goatee in 97. You, 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 You let us astray, my man. You let us astray. But we love you anyway. But we love you anyway. Let us hoodwinked. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. 
good stuff. So totally kind of messed up our whole entire because we were actually supposed to be doing an episode on Survivor Series 1997. Thanks a lot, guys, for voting. Because I was like, oh, we can talk about WrestleMania or something. Nope. Survivor Series 1997 got the most votes. And I'm just like, really? Really? <laughs> you know, just We're because gonna... they vote on it doesn't mean you have to do it. I know. True, true. Like, we all know what happened at Survivor Series. No one remembers what happened before the Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart incident. No one remembers what happened at the whole at the at that show. They just know Shawn probably that's does. What happened. Uh, Shawn, Shawn definitely. Shawn was about ten years old. Shawn remembers. <laughs> Shawn remembers. <laughs> Shawn remembers. But I'll be listening. I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. <laughs> 